Welcome, you're listening to the podcast Outlander Soul, searching for the soul of Outlander with me, Dr. Jamie Reeves. And me, Reverend Terry Menifee-Gow. Just be aware, there's going to be spoilers here. Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are coming at you from Corona Quarantine. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> you're listening to this a couple of months later, but we are... We are deep. We expect we're still in that. Yep, we are. We are deep in quarantine and grateful to be healthy and grateful to be yes. working and grateful to be here yes. with you all because of the magic yes. of of technology. And you guys may or may not know, but we've always used this technology for this. <laughs> So this is old hat for us. <laughs> it is, but but I find myself, yeah, quite grateful. I mean, I guess, I, I, yeah, I was grateful before, but you know, like when, yeah, hardship. Yeah, and we're going to be talking about sacrifice in this episode, yeah. but how hardship makes things kind of worth a little bit more than, than you, or you don't necessarily notice the value of things until... Yeah. yeah. I mean, loss does create a sense of value, mm. right? So mm. we do value, I value being outside, I value being, being with other people and hugging yeah. and sitting and chatting and going to restaurants and being around people because I'm such an extrovert. Oh my gosh. Even even the introvert here, I'm sitting, we, you and I have talked about this, Terry, <laughs> yes. like you being the, the extrovert and me being the introvert, but I'm actually missing that too. I'm oh, missing yeah. sit, like yeah. going out for dinner or something like that. Well, the and budget I value... is doing great, oh, yeah. by the yeah. way. <laughs> I, I value my introverted time. I've had a lot of that lately. Um, and there yeah. have just been days where I feel like I'm coming out of my skin. Mm. But that's what my glass of wine in the evening is for. <laughs> I think alcohol consumption for everybody has gone up. I, I'm, I have had quite quite a laugh here in the UK, at least. The number three essential essential business that needs to stay open are li- off licenses or liquor stores. Oh, liquor stores are definitely essential here as well. And, and that's in Virginia. Just And, and here's the big thing. So Virginia is extremely conservative about their... <laughs> About their alcohol and about their gambling, and and just in the last mm-hmm. several years, we've we've kind of loosened up some of those rules, really in the last year. But the the one that just got loosened up this past week was that you can now go to a a restaurant and order a mixed drink and leave with it. You can it, oh, you can order takeaway cocktails, cocktails, which is. <laughs> I mean, so people in like Savannah, Georgia are like, yeah, that's Tuesday. But here, <laughs> here, that's something like a major thing is it. And it was to keep, you know, to keep businesses open, to keep them mm-hmm. um, making money. I still don't understand. I still don't understand why people would do that. To me, the idea of going to a restaurant and having a drink at the bar was to partake in a communal thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sometimes you need a margarita and it just doesn't matter. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, so then if that were the case, I would go out and buy all the margarita things, right? I would buy all. Well, the stuff that's true. To that's make the margarita true, things, so I, I, it's just kind of. But maybe you're a shit margarita maker. I, I you need to. Be, you need to. You know, like rely on the skills of Ken behind the bar. To... And actually, that's that's how I learned. I mean, so my parents taught me to cook. My mom taught me kind of the down and dirty way mm-hmm. to cook. And my dad mm-hmm. taught me to read recipes and really kind of delve into it and experiment. They were both very big cook, uh, very big not chefs, but they really liked good food. And so what they mm-hmm. taught me was like, if you like good food, and and you have no money. You need to cook it yourself. So yeah. you better learn some skills, yeah. girl. And, and I did, <laughs> thankfully. So we've been eating pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was yeah. the same with the margarita. I, you know, I would go out and just buy the stuff and make the margarita. If it's in print, I can probably figure it out. Yeah. 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 I, I, my gin supplies are about to, about to be gone. So I'm going to have to replenish on the next um, trip. trip out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of sacrifices, yes. yeah, so <laughs> we are doing another series, basically. So last ones we did uh, was two. Uh, we did dreams and prophecy. 
And this time we're doing Sacrifice and Sacraments as two episodes that go in in tandem. So yeah, so we're going to be talking about Sacrifice and Outlander for this episode. uh, The ways in which Diana, as the author, tends to talk about it. The way in which we understand it as as readers and listeners and people in in this 21st century world. And yeah, kind of what all that means, um, I think. So yeah. Yeah, Jamie, lead us off. <laughs> lead on, oh Queen Jamie. <laughs> yeah, so when we when we started this podcast, when we started talking about the reason why this story matters to people, one of the things that we talked about, I think, pretty early on is that Outlander sort of creates this this universe, this this mythical story that in the same way that kind of some of the others that stories that we look to regularly like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, it creates the same kind of universe that those stories do. Um, And there's magic and there's bad guys and, and sometimes there, well, there is always sacrifice in those stories where something, yeah, something has to be given up. There's a, there's always distress, yeah. and then as a man, yeah. I mean, you have to have conflict in a story, and of course. and conflict oftentimes leads to the resolution, and oftentimes that resolution leads to is as a result of someone's sacrifice. Yeah, but the hero's journey, which we've talked about before, is kind yeah. of a as a mythic story. There is always a sacrifice that the hero has to make. Right. There's always some sort of choice that the hero decides, or heroine, but hero, I mean, in an androgynous way, by the way, that the hero has to do in order to get what he or she they want or what needs to happen um, even if they don't want it but the thing is like within that story that the universe finds balance with that choice with the sacrifice that's made that's the way in which the story usually constructs its meaning is that something some choice is made some sacrifice is made that then restores a balance I like that I like that idea of restoring balance rather than healing it or rather than Mm creating a better more utopian world it's it's really that yeah. we're, we're looking for something that's balanced I like I, I've not heard that before I really like that yeah well and theologically there's a lot of issues with it which we'll talk about so yeah we, we can we can certainly return return to that topic well one I mean kind of being the a nerd the term sacrifice um if as we use it in English, at least, comes from Latin, sacrificium, um, which comes from the sacer, sacer, which is sacred, where we get the term sacred or something that is holy. And then the facio means to do or to make. So sacrifice is to to make holy, to make sacred. And by holy or by sacred, it means like a separateness, to kind of set it aside, to separate it from the, the... the terms are sacred and profane. The profane being kind of the secular, the you know the the not holy, the ordinary, the holy. yeah, the things that yeah, are ordinary, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the there's lots of different purposes though for sacrifice in the way in which we understand it in 21st century or have understood it historically. But then we can also we will also kind of talk about how Diana uses it within within Outlander and particular themes where she uses it. But in a general way, it can either be ritualized or, well, not ritualized. It can just, we do tend to talk about sacrifice as kind of just a personal choice. Mm -hmm. But then we can also talk about sacrifice as this kind of ritual, uh, you know, a stone upon which some blood is shed or, you know, but it's a, it's almost a liturgical or, or a religious sort of understanding regardless of whether it's Christianity or paganism right. or, or something like that. Right. But then we also use it in a, in a, in a non-ritualized way. I mean, that's kind of the two. I, yeah, I think, can I think there or. can be like sacrifices off the cuff. I mean, there's, there's the idea, yeah, yeah. there's the idea that you didn't realize that a sacrifice was needed for this thing and somebody steps forward. And I, I you know, I think a lot mm. of, well, I, I don't want to get into Diana right now because we're going to get, mm-hmm. we're going to go down that path. And there are mm-hmm. several moments of, oh shit, something is needed. <laughs> and yeah. and, and yeah, then yeah. somebody steps in the breach. There's going to be something that's going to go down. And then somebody steps mm-hmm. in the breach and says, I will be the one 
to to take the brunt mm-hmm. of this. I will be the one to either lose my life, my home, my mm-hmm. what have you for mm-hmm. this particular thing. I, I and it's not ritualized necessarily. It's mm-hmm. what it is is right. is it's considered heroic. It's considered the moment of heroism where somebody mm-hmm. stands in the way of the evil thing that's coming and says, I will mm-hmm. hold back. I will hold this back. And, but sometimes that can be ritualized it and other be. times it's not. So again, it just, I mean, you know. Um, and when we talk I'm about thinking, sacraments, we'll be talking about the ritual behind all of that. The ritual <laughs> yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah. But I'm just thinking, so within the Outlander story, obviously you've got, and we can talk about these examples in more detail later, but like when Jamie goes to pray before he goes to war and he should, he cuts himself which we saw in the um in episode this season yeah so that is a ritual shedding of blood it is a sacrifice it it, and it is ritualized in how he does it or when in the books we haven't seen it yet but when ian is about to go to war he puts his war paint on and 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 there's a ritual understanding and there's a ritual to that acknowledging the sacrifice that he's making as the in the possibility of he might die but then you've got other situations where people just step up do it and it's not ritualized in any sort of way but the so i guess what the 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 common thing is that the acknowledgement perhaps and it it might be before it might be during or it might be after but there's an acknowledgement that something of value has been given up yeah that if, in order for it to be a sacrifice it has to have worth it has to have value otherwise it's it's not a sacrifice if it's worthless basically right and then afterward so it's not just that thing that act but it then afterward it needs to be remembered by others as a debt or as a, an acknowledgement of that person gave uh, something up. So the story, yes. the story surrounding it, the story that <laughs> continues, and that actually becomes part of a ritual, right? So, yes. so that becomes yes. the, the telling we tell of the that story. story over and over and over again. And sometimes yeah. we actually do the thing. So um, we, we do the thing that is like it to tell the yeah. story, and in that way yeah. we reenact the sacrifice in many ways. So. And in the United States, we have Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. I think you guys have something mm-hmm. similar in, in the UK. Yeah, we do. There is the idea that we've had these men and women sacrifice their lives to to, to prevent mm-hmm. really terrible things from happening to our country and our, our families. And so we... Mm-hmm we perform a rite or ritual every memorial day Mm -hmm. to honor them Mm -hmm. to remember their sacrifice Mm -hmm. and to tell that story we don't actually go up and sacrifice a person no but we honor the sacrifice that's made by remembering ritualized remembering of what what they did and previous cultures might you know hundreds and thousands of years ago might have actually sacrificed a person in mm-hmm. lieu of everybody else to prevent, mm-hmm. you know, disaster from mm-hmm. falling on top of people. And that ritual yeah. sacrifice was there to, to A, remember the people who'd been lost in disasters, but also mm-hmm. B, to prevent one. Yeah. 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 And then to continue to tell that story, this is why we do this because kind of thing. Yeah. So it can be, so the sacrifice can be destruction or surrender of anything for the sake of something else. Um, We also say that something has been devoted to, that's a particular kind of uh, religious language actually. Yeah, um, it is. From the Hebrew Bible. Yeah. But for a higher purpose is basically how then it that sacrifice is given meaning that there there is something to which it 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 did something greater than itself. And basically. the community has to agree that that thing is of greater value. Yes, yes, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff at work in the language of sacrifice. There's a lot of stuff that's happening, especially in a social sort of situation. There's other reasons why people... So, you know, we talk about for a greater good, but we would sacrifice in order to show love because the love is the greater thing. We sacrifice in order to make something right. So that restore restoration of balance, like we said before, mm-hmm. or for the purpose of a greater good. So whatever that greater good is, we might 
sacrifice for. We also, within language, would use it as something you made a sacrifice in the sense of you lost. But it's still, again, for another reason. So sometimes you say, you know, you use it as like selling for without profit. But the greater purpose is to just get it out of your house or to have, let someone else have it or, or something like that. That's worth more to you than the actual I, you know, and it's funny, cost I was, of the thing. I was just thinking about this this past week because, mm-hmm. you know, everything with happening with coronavirus and all and the sacrifices that are being made right now within our medical community yeah. of doctors who are who are going out and and doing something they're losing time energy mm-hmm. possibly their health to to do this mm-hmm. but i immediately mm-hmm. thought of thomas edison and i know that that mm. doesn't seem like a good segue but it is <laughs> <laughs> tell us what you mean i will Eric. tell you what i mean <laughs> thomas uh, so marie curie discovered radiation and she discovered mm-hmm. that radiation could create something that would help you see through another x-ray. But it, it really had absolutely no use unless somebody created mm-hmm. an x-ray machine. Mm-hmm. And Thomas mm-hmm. Edison is the one who created the x-ray machine. Mm-hmm. But he didn't put a patent on it. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. reason he didn't put a patent on it, and he didn't put a patent on several medical and other important discoveries and inventions that he created and the Mm -hmm. reason it was because it was for the greater good he was already Mm -hmm. making just a buttload of money anyway from all of his inventions yeah so he didn't need it he had and and he had an entire uh, laboratory with people working all the time I think the man slept Mm -hmm. one to two hours a day and mostly in his lab and Mm -hmm. and it's all he needed he was just one of those yeah. people, and he he. But he he recognized the necessity of this, and so he open sourced it, yeah. and said yeah. and and said this is something that's more important than me. It's more important mm-hmm. than making money here. And how dare I? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I and I, I sit back and I look at what what can be happening right now with coronavirus yeah. and how many people are making sacrifices and how we could open source so many things and they're. We're living in an age where nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Well, they've talked about, you know, ventilator plans and stuff being made open source so right. people can 3D print right. pieces right, right, that right. Kind of stuff. And then there's court battles, of course, that are going against that because of patents. That kind of, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, okay, so you brought up Thomas Edison, but then you could also say Mary Curie's sacrifice of oh yes even, but she wasn't even aware of the sacrifice until of course it was until it was too late. too late and she she died for for what she was for the science that she was discovering yeah but whether or not she perceived it as sacrifice or we now looking back on it give give her death meaning by saying she made the sacrifice the story is so it, much more the important. story is so important in sacrifice more definitely. important than her intent so, I mean, yeah. yeah, at least for us, because we remember her with, with kindness and greatness and gratitude. Yeah. And whether she would have made that decision going forward, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It, she, it yeah. doesn't matter. No. no. So, so, the, so it does, they go hand in hand, the actual act itself, and then how the story is told, how meaning is made, how meaning continues to be constructed around that thing is where sacrifice lands. So there's a couple other places or uses that we see quite often. So, and we see this definitely in Outlander of this kind of to ward off harm. Yeah. So the sacrifice is kind of a charm and that's kind of a pagan or, or spiritualist or, you know, just different ways of understanding that. But like, so in Outlander, the body of the person that's killed and buried in the foundation of the house yep. uh, in order to appease the spirits to keep earthquakes and floods and whatever else away from the house. Chicken blood on the doorsteps that we saw uh, doorposts in the first book and in the first episode of Outlander as well. Like Passover, where you, uh, which as we're in Passover. <laughs> we're recording this on Easter weekend <laughs> in Passover. Yeah, and so the, the marking of doorposts in order that the, the evil spirits or whoever seeks your harm passes over that you've paid Um, you've paid for them to pass over you 
And, uh, you know, again, I I think of it as, you know, the person who is tossed, the poor woman who's tossed, the virgin who's tossed into the volcano, which, you know, know, may or may not be true, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. been memorialized in our story and in our, Mm -hmm. and uh, of, of, of those sacrifices that happen to prevent war, disease, uh, natural disaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you could you could also talk about blood oaths as a form of sacrifice. Yes. In the sense of you are yeah. sacrificing what you would normally do on your own to the will and common good of, of you together. You've made this oath where your your will is subject to each other's will. And you shed your blood and intermingled yeah. it with others. I mean that's the thing. Yeah. 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 I think it's important as we kind of talk about the theology and religion and spirituality and Outlander. And as we're talking about sacrifice, it's probably important to talk about the kind of, well, at least within feminist theology, that sacrificing yourself can be quite a dangerous thing sometimes, too. So it's that we, sacrifice we can talk- for love thing that yeah. yeah and duty and placing of love higher than anything for a certain gender. Right? Yeah. 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 Women are called upon to sacrifice a whole lot more, I think, uh, within within how we talk about sacrifice, and especially in the context of love. I think much more so than men. So I think we did, you know, just, I guess maybe content warning or, you know, something like that. Just kind of say that this is, hmm, what's the word I'm looking for? Um... There's a lot of language that you have to be really careful of. We And we could talk about sacrifice in really general sort of terms, but it needs to be dealt with gently and carefully and with kid gloves, I think. It's not something to just throw around. I think, too, Diana does handle some of this, particularly with mm. Claire, because mm. at the time women, you know, when she goes back and has Brie, Women were sacrificing mm-hmm. their careers and everything for their husbands and children. And Frank wants to know why she's not doing yeah. that for him and for Brie as she as she yeah. continues on. So I, I think that mm-hmm. there's, there's basis in the Outlander canon to have this yeah. understanding that, yeah, that, totally. that we can talk about, we can talk about sacrifice and still keep mm-hmm. in mind that sacrifice for somebody else's values is not necessarily mm-hmm. the right sacrifice for you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. Right. And also to the, I mean, we talked about this in the honor podcast where we did oaths and honor, where Claire talked a lot, or I can't remember which book it is. I should have looked it up, but where basically Claire says a lot happens on, on the on the shoulders of honor or something yeah. like that. A lot of stupidity happens as a result of, and I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of stupidity that is, is done and, and chalked up as a sacrifice when actually it was meaningless. Yep. Um, it wasn't something that needed to have been done. There were other things that could have been done. Life could have been spared, all of that kind of stuff, but we give it meaning and we make it worth something by calling it a sacrifice when really it was just a, lo- a meaningless loss of life. You have to have, there has to be an equivalency or, or what you're paying for is something greater. It has to yeah. be agreed upon by the entire community that this is a yeah. value and what you're giving is of equal or greater value for that thing. Yeah. yeah. So in the context of Outlander, Culloden, mm. how much, you know, I mean, it's, it's yeah, a for, waste. Yeah, it was such a waste. But at the same time, as a means of kind of constructing an identity in the midst of oppression, be able to t- continue to tell the story of we are this despite what they've done to us, you know, that kind of stuff, it does have value in it. But whether or not it was needed, whether or not it had and and was this and did the story continue enough? I mean, that's that's to yeah. me the question too. Is I didn't know the story yeah. of Culloden until I started reading no. Outlander. That the Brits did a really really good job of wiping of out eradicating that story. Absolutely, because they mm-hmm. knew that it could have been a rallying call for yet another war, and they were yeah. about getting rid of any more rallying calls because they were done. Yeah. And they ended it there. So we don't really hear, at least in the States, and I'm from Scottish descent. 
I'm mm-hmm. from British, Scottish, Irish descent. I should be hearing about, I hear more about the Irish than I hear about the Scots over here. Yeah. So I think that is definitely true. But even, you know, in the context of Ireland, the having lived in the, in Northern Ireland for a number of years, the way in which people talked about sacrifice in the context of that conflict, and it was like, Ugh. really? Uh, <laughs> uh. Well, that I story mean, continues. Yeah. And yeah. so that's, that's that part story of it. Continues. That story that's continues. True. Yeah. Yeah. But there, I mean, I guess the criteria for me in that context is something about sacrifice that supports life that Mm. that restores balance like we said before that is generative that um, leads us to liberation rather than to bondage that i think is the criteria that um that makes sacrifice worthy yeah i agree versus not yeah 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 so within outlander though there seems to be three ways in which Diana, because we're on first name basis. Um, Diana hey, talks. Diana. About, <laughs> it just seems so weird to call her Gabaldon <laughs> in the in the academic way. Um, so yes, yeah, so Diana. But yeah, within Outlander, there's kind of three three ways in which she talks about sacrifice. Um, I kind of, again, as a nerd, went through and just kind of did an index search of every time, every instance where she uses sacrifice. And they're kind of grouped in three different ways. The majority, which I found quite shocking once I noticed it, the majority is in reference to pagan pagan sort of rituals. So Galus's human sacrifices, mm-hmm. which Claire thinks are superstitious um, in order to go through the stones. So there's repeated references around that kind of stuff um, or, you know, druid or, you know, just that kind of sacrifice. Foundation stones, the chicken blood, as we've already said. The second is around war. So we talked about that already a bit, but around Culloden, around the Revolutionary War. So the language of sacrifice in in the sense of deaths in order for a purpose for war. A greater purpose that people are rallying around. Perceived to be that way, definitely, yeah. Um, and then the third is around honor. So a lot of uh, question or a lot of language around sacrifice is based on Jamie's honor or on a woman's honor, her modesty, that kind of thing. Like, for example, Jamie's honor in Dragonfly and Amber. He says, they're my folk and my family at stake. And if the cost of their lives is a banker's gold, well, it doesn't seem more than a sacrifice to me than than my own honor so for honor isn't always the first priority for jamie which we've already said when we talked about oaths and honor right that sometimes there are things that are more important for him and he's willing to sacrifice his honor for that greater purpose yeah or like lord john gray um some of the sacrifices that he makes including maybe mary and claire in order to preserve the memory of in order to keep his his thoughts with jamie yeah his his relationship to jamie so one of the things he's bound in many ways to jamie he is bound Uh, as a friend so again it's caught up in an oath yeah a blood oath sort of situation right Right. so if they are like brothers in in many ways even though they're not because lord john gray is very Mm -hmm. much in love with him passionately Mm -hmm. you you've got this idea of him taking the what's it called the kindred the kindred savior, what's it called? The kin, kinsman redeemer? That's it. The goel? The, ki, the kinsman redeemer. Uh, from the book of Ruth. Yes. People? Yeah. So the idea yeah. in, in the book of Ruth and the idea in in the ancient times of Israel, you would have mm-hmm. the brother would get married to a woman. He dies. It's his brother's responsibility or the nearest relative, relative. to take her in, mm-hmm. whether that man is married or not, to take her in mm-hmm. and have children by her so that mm-hmm. the dead brother or the dead relative can have children by that person. Perpetuate the bloodline. Exactly. From, yeah. And, from main, the and maintain person, yeah. the, their, not only that, but also maintain their property. It's not there just to take possession of the woman, although it ultimately becomes some of that. It, it mm-hmm. is there specifically to give her a home and to give her children so that she is no longer um, destitute. If she mm-hmm. has no child, if she has no son, and her husband mm-hmm. dies, then she really is gets to starve to death. That's her reward. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. idea of the kinsman redeemer was for this. And in many ways, John Gray takes on that role here when he thinks that... Yeah, he does. When he thinks that Jamie has died, he takes on mm-hmm. the role. And he, he and Claire both know 
they're not <laughs> they're not passionate for mm-hmm. each other. They're both passionate for mm-hmm. Jamie. But they they mm-hmm. take he takes on this role of protecting her. He knows that mm-hmm. she is a rebel and he mm-hmm. is not. <laughs> mm-hmm. He has to keep her safe. I think mm-hmm. that's beautiful. I've never yeah, that's that's brilliant. I've never thought about LJG and a kinsman redeemer type way but yeah that totally makes sense actually yeah, yeah. Huh. he takes huh. her on you should write an article on that i Terry. should write an article on the kinsman redeemer because <laughs> i have so much time <laughs> jeez louise yeah. i have so many things yeah. to write and so little time i mean because myrta myrta is basically that yes for jamie up until culloden in the books or yeah 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 he becomes kinsman redeemer for for Brian, I guess. Yes. In some ways. But he never yeah, he, he becomes the stand in for Jamie. He mm-hmm. becomes the, the one who stands in the breach for Jamie and helps him. But he also, you know, offers to marry Mary and to take yeah. her under his wing. In fact, Black Jack Randall mm. becomes the kinsman redeemer for his brother's yeah. wife. Or for his brother's yeah. um woman. For Alex, for Alex, yeah. yeah, yeah, taking her under his wing. Hmm. So yeah, I think it. Yeah, that's really good. I mean, it's in other cultures other than biblical cultures, yes. but but when when people do seem to know about it, they t- tend to know the biblical texts that talk about that, and it's difficult sometimes to apply that to real life <laughs> or you know a life that is that is closer to our time so yeah i think these stories actually are pretty good at illustrating what that means yeah because um, yeah yeah we do see that obviously too maybe this is a good segue so within christian theology jesus is talked about as the as our for christians a kinsman redeemer so the person who stands in the gap the person who takes on responsibility that kind of stuff right which in the language of sacrifice yeah can be troubling can be (laughs) is in many instances (laughs) troubling um but this you know the question is so sacrifice is also, as I, you know, we said before, need to be really careful about uh, how we give meaning to things, but is also very much caught up in language around redemption and around uh, resurrection, that kind of stuff and as atonement. you're looking. Yeah. And atonement. It tends to be used a lot in atonement language. But I do think it's important to maybe highlight the the Christ figures that are that are in the story. We have talked about them a little bit, but both... Both Jamie and Claire, I think, take on Christ figure oh, yeah. actions. Yeah. Um, both are in prison for three days before being rescued, with the rescue as kind of being resurrection. Both kind of descend into hell or purgatory while they're in prison, that kind of stuff. Claire goes through the stones to go home. Yeah. She, yeah. she enters to save her child and to save mm-hmm. Jamie's lineage. And then mm-hmm. she enters, re-enters a twenty-year marriage for someone mm-hmm. for her child, and and the fact that she's called out on not sacrificing enough is what yeah. is 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 the real, you know. Sorry, yeah. it's not enough. It's just not enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, we could go quite philosophical. When when is it enough? You know, at what point do you decide, and how much is gender and and that kind of stuff caught up into that too. I, I don't think it's ever enough for someone else to call out your sacrifice. And that's the thing. Yeah. I, I think if you're sacrificing for someone who's asking you to sacrifice for them, mm-hmm. it's never mm-hmm. going to be enough mm-hmm. because they're still having to ask. And it, it's, yeah. it's to me, that's the, to me, that's like one of the kickers here is mm-hmm. um, when somebody else is asking me to sacrifice something that they are not willing to sacrifice themselves. Yeah. That's yeah. a that's a big that's a big flag. And yeah, theologically there's a lot of places we could go with that. <laughs> so many. So many but, uh, places. Yeah. Philosophically too. Yeah, yeah. Just philosophically too. But yeah. Yeah, so I in case it isn't clear, yeah, the whole sacrificial language around Jesus being murdered by the state i find really difficult oh i got hate but, mail um, for that did i tell you did you see that on my facebook page at all i saw it yeah i saw you posted something about that it was I about a sermon mail. you shared oh. that you wrote. 
<laughs> I wrote a sermon like four years ago. I've got a blog and I've got a sermon and blah, 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 a bunch of sermons on there. And uh, because it was, this past Sunday was Palm Sunday, I always see a big mm-hmm. spike. And if I've got mm-hmm. Palm Sunday sermons or if I've got certain sermons at certain times of year, I'll see a big spike in people coming to my uh, my blog and reading my sermons. Mm-hmm. And then this year I had several people contact me and say, can we use pieces of your sermons in our sermon? I'm like, yep, fine, go for mm-hmm. it, enjoy. And mm-hmm. But I had one person read it. He sent me this big and huge, long email about how I how Jesus was not a political revolutionary for right. but, but get it get, he's like it's not about the kingdom of this it's about the kingdom of God and I'm thinking kingdom is in of itself a political term and, yes. and you're not really getting it and this was the major sticking point was that mm-hmm. Jesus was not killed by the state Jesus died for religion and died to correct religion basically and, you know, because apparently the Jewish religion needed correcting. Um, yeah, <laughs> supersessionism right there. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. It was, oh, it, was, it, was a, it was a rough email. I did not respond because there was no point. I don't engage trolls. But it yeah. was really one yeah. of those, oh, yeah, that's right. The atonement thing being at one mint. If, yeah. if you've never heard of that, look it up. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really, the idea that we are not at one with our creator already mm-hmm. is somewhat mm-hmm. troubling to me in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we could we could go on rants oh, about this. We'll, rants. we'll we'll refrain. But we're talking um, about sacrifice. But yeah, yeah. So we're talking about sacrifice, and uh, we're feminist theologians. Yes, so, hey, that's what we do. Um, <laughs> but. Um, but yeah, I mean, a Scottish prisoner, we actually get quite a bit of stuff around um, Jamie being a Christ figure as well. But also, talking, okay, so about feminist theology. I, so Claire as Christ figure, we've, we've already mentioned, but this kind of idea around no se- sense of self-preservation or dignity or, you know, for the sake of others, not just for yourself kind of stuff. And when it, when it becomes, yeah, as you were saying, Terry, is, yeah, when it becomes detrimental to to you for no higher purpose or right. when people are calling you to continue to sacrifice for something that it's isn't just, doing anything it's it's important to them you, <laughs> it's, it's it's not necessarily important to the greater good it's that so Claire yeah. becoming a doctor is important to the greater good mm-hmm. she's not mm-hmm. only leading the way for women but she's also healing people mm-hmm. she's using her talents mm-hmm. to the to the best of their ability she's she's mm-hmm. really stepping up her game because she has the capacity to do that mm-hmm. and Frank dings her for it the community dings mm-hmm. her for it the culture smacks her for it over and over mm-hmm. and over again and she continues to sacrifice so that she can she can do this greater thing. It is more important than her having a, a well-attended dinner party. But it also brings her life. Yes. It is her doing what she is called to do. Therefore, the sacrifice for her seems worth it. Yes. Because it brings her life. And it's not I worth think it a lot of the time. <laughs> no. But I think a lot of the time we tend to think about a sacrifice is drudgery. Something it has it has to be something you don't want to do in order for it to have any kind of meaning. Oh no. Um, yeah. And I don't but I think a lot of people think about that. Right, that's you're right. just we just have to do it because and and yes, there is an element of duty. I think that is that is part of part of sacrifice, but it's not it shouldn't it shouldn't always be it needs to bring life and i think that's one of the reasons why it's a passion you know so mm. you know passion has two different meanings but you know mm. the passion of christ and the sacrifice there but there's also we do sacrifice for our passions yeah i mm-hmm. joked about writing and not having enough time and i don't ever but that's because i have mm. several other passions and oh also i have to eat and i have a mortgage and we have mm-hmm. to have you know, mm-hmm. uh, health insurance and stuff until we can get a better system. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I threw that in. Did you notice that? <laughs> until we get a better system. Another rant that yes. just passes us by. I'll let you guys, I'll, I'll let you guys talk about that amongst yourselves. Um, we'll split off into groups because <laughs> I'm a good Christian educator. But the, but the, the thing is that your passion, you, you do tend to sacrifice for. 
I, you know, mm-hmm. my, my child is a passion. I love him. And yes, mm-hmm. I sacrificed some things for him and I did them willingly because mm-hmm. I loved him and because mm-hmm. I wanted to see him succeed in what he needed to do. I lost a lot of sleep <laughs> getting him to a bus in the morning that took him mm-hmm. an hour away to the right school because mm-hmm. I sac and it, it, I mean, to me, that was like nothing to sacrifice because yeah. it was important. Yeah. And, and because it brought life. Yes. It brings life to me and it brings life to another. Yeah. Rather than death. I think sacrifice should bring life, not death. Should bring freedom and liberation, not bondage. Yeah. 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 So I think maybe in the time we have left then, we kind of talk about maybe some of the quotes from the books if we want, but start maybe with sacrifices that are made by the various characters in the series so far that we've got and any any sort of observations that we might have around sacrifice in, in the stories and, and text itself, right? Yep. So, I mean, we've already kind of talked about Jamie and Claire. And I think their sacrifices are fairly obvious. They're always saving each other. Although I will admit, many times Claire is a much more intelligent um, savior than Jamie is. (laughs) She usually brings Jamie just by brute force. (laughs) (laughs) She usually brings people along and thinks through a plan before she saves somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Um, that's true. Whereas Jamie just knocks down a door and <laughs> aims a gun at you and says, Sweeps give me in, a yeah. <laughs> Not that that isn't hot, because it is, but <laughs> it wasn't really yeah, the smartest yeah, thing true. to do. <laughs> what options did he have? He didn't anyway, have many options. Going. You're right. And, and they did have a plan and he did bring people. So, okay, maybe yeah. there, maybe I was wrong and maybe I was too hasty. <laughs> With my with my initial evaluation, I will admit that. <laughs> no hate mail. We love Jamie. Come on. Oh God. Um, okay, but yeah. So some of the other sacrifices. I mean, we are, we already talked about Galus, right? So right. She she's the human sacrificer in the bunch. Um, <laughs> so she's killing her husband's left, right, and center for a greater purpose. Yep. She, She's opening the stones with with petrol fueled um, <laughs> petrol human fueled sacrifice. crispy husbands. <laughs> yes. Oh God. God. Yeah. So, <laughs> so in the context of of uh, the pagan rituals, Galus is is star star prize there. Yeah, we've already talked about a bit about Lord John Gray, Jenny and Ian, Bree, Ian and Roger. Oh, so Ian and Roger. Roger Mm. clearly sacrifices a lot in this. He sacrifices his career to come after Brie, believing that it's more important that he rescue her, unfortunately. Mm. And, you know, and I wonder if that's where it starts, right? That he thinks he's going to Mm. rescue her because he knows Mm -hmm. so much about the 17th or the 18th century and that she'll be Mm. lost in it. But mm-hmm. he doesn't actually save her from the one person that, you know, does ultimately hurt her badly. Yeah. But to me, I, I think I think at the heart of it, it's it's not so much that. It's that he loves her and he wants to, yeah. to be with her. He may have fooled himself into thinking that he's going after her to save her when she's completely mm-hmm. capable. She is completely capable mm-hmm. in the books. She mm-hmm. is more mm-hmm. than capable in the books, so much more capable than Roger mm-hmm. to survive in this particular mm-hmm. environment. But mm. I think Roger comes after her because he needs her. And he does yeah. sac- he does value her more than his career, than his home, than um, who mm-hmm. he is in the 20th century. And so he mm-hmm. gives that up. And ultimately, he, he gives up a lot more as a result. Yeah. And I think maybe that's the, ca- the case in points, basically, of kind of what brings life versus what brings death. Because if he had have just gone because he didn't think she could do it, um, if it wasn't about love, then it would have been a sacrifice that would have been of death. Like, would, you know, would not have got- given life at all. Right. But because it's about love, because it's about continuing life. I d- yeah, so this is me going a little philosophical here, but... We can often start from one place yeah. 
and and it and if we give meaning to that place and it's not the right place then it brings death but as we as we evolve over the situation we realize we thought it was about this but actually it's about this right, right. and so then when we tell the story and we perpetuate the story it brings life even though the original thing might have been not a great thing. Right. Does that make so, sense? So, yes, it does. Because Claire does this. Mm-hmm. Claire originally shows mm-hmm. up. She didn't mean to. And then suddenly mm-hmm. her life has meaning. She goes back to the rocks. Yeah, she exactly. Back to the perfect stones. for that. She goes yeah, back yeah, to the yeah. stones. And then she makes a decision to sacrifice everything on the other side for the things she yeah. loves. And then she goes yeah. back through the stones to sacrifice everything she has on that side for the things she loves. For the things she loves. And yeah. Roger gets yeah. the same opportunity. Roger and Claire are so yeah. similar. Um, they are very similar. They yeah. get the same. She gets this. He gets the same opportunity to go back through the stones, and mm-hmm. because Bree is perfectly capable and has been raped mm-hmm. and may not be carrying his mm-hmm. child, but he chooses mm-hmm. to stay. To stay, mm-hmm. not to save mm-hmm. her, but to save mm-hmm. himself because he loves mm-hmm. her. To save what mm-hmm. they have. Because his passion mm-hmm. is for her. And I think that that's, mm-hmm. that's so very similar to Claire. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Bree stays because of Roger. She can't. She has a child. She has to stay for mm-hmm. the child. She comes back for her parents, though. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know mm-hmm. that the sacrifice is as great for her. I'm not sure. I, I haven't really delved into that. that I, I might be wrong. She does give up mm-hmm. Roger, but she deems that it's more important for her to be with her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's some comparative work probably to be done there. That There's an article. Yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> There's an article. Somebody should write an article about that. Write an article. What about Ian? Oh. Ian Og. We Ian. Oh, Ian Og. Come on. The whole moment where he steps in for Roger to mm-hmm. replace. I mean... So Christ figure stuff there, definitely, oh, yeah. as far as how people tell that story. Yeah, yeah. so Roger um, Roger and the, the priest, Alexandra, Alexandra is there to die because he has mm-hmm. he has broken a vow and because he, he has impregnated this woman and he can't marry her and he, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a long and horrifying story. And so he dies. And the next person on the block is, of course, Roger. Someone mm-hmm. has died by the end of it, and somebody has to mm-hmm. replace that person, and it's going to have to be Roger, but Ian steps mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Ian steps mm-hmm. in his place. You know, there's, there's reasons for it, I think. Re- obviously, he's, he's in love with Emily. He's already realized mm-hmm. how he feels about this one woman. Mm-hmm. But there's more to it than that. I think he realizes that him staying there is not such great a thing. As it no. as it would be if Roger were to stay there, how horrible it would be. Yeah. And yeah. so he takes the lesser, yeah. he takes the, yeah. the he takes the place. He this mm-hmm. is in in many ways redemption and atonement. Mm-hmm. This provides mm-hmm. the balance. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's yeah. such a I mean it's such a good. It's such a. It, and I, I like the way they did it in the, in the actually in the television series by mm-hmm. starting out with somebody who was just so and it's it's in the books too who is just mm-hmm. so uh, immature and then mm-hmm. to make this very mature decision of weighing the balances of his community and the balances of mm-hmm. the needs of this other community and then coming up mm-hmm. with the solution and it's him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how horrified everyone was oh, yeah. by it and yet understood it. At the same yeah, time. it wasn't just yeah. his sacrifice. No, no. He was forcing others to make a sacrifice too. Yeah. Um, maybe it's worth just in the few minutes we have left to kind of talk, think about some of the excerpts from the book. I mean, so there's two two books where there's chapters that are that are written that are so in Voyager the chapter title is Sacrifice chapter 12 and that's the chapter where Jamie takes the flogging for Angus McKenzie while he's in Ardsmere right and so Lord John Gray is the one that has to do it and so that whole chapter is is titled Sacrifice which I thought was quite interesting yeah. also in Voyager Yutin Cho or Willoughby makes reference for possibly having forgotten to make a proper sacrifice. So again, kind of falling into that category of more kind of you do that in order to keep the bad from happening to you. So it's a kind of self-preservation measure. The pleasing of Um, someone else. Yeah. 
yeah to keep the curse from falling on you kind of thing there's another chapter title that's later on in fiery cross so the title is a necessary sacrifice and it's from a letter or no journal or journal entry from governor tryon and he talks about the hangings at alamance were a a necessary sacrifice to appease the murmurings of the troops who were wanting justice and then the chapter opens with this letter with him using that language and then Roger is hanging from the rope. Right. The way in which that language is being used for Roger's hanging as a necessary sacrifice or at least how Tryon's telling him this himself the story that this was something that had to happen in order to appease those who were calling. For, wow, it's not it's not their... just collateral damage. It's just No. They want blood and so he's going to pick the yeah. people who are going to give the blood. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just uh, nerddom. The books with the most references to sacrifice were Dragonfly and Amber. There was 19 wow. references. Wow. And Drums of Autumn was 14 references. But then after that, less and less. Fiery Cross was eight. Breath of Snow and Ashes was eight. Echo and the Bone, two. And Moby three. That's so weird. Really, written in my isn't own it heart's blood. Yeah, I would have thought with the title. Yeah, exactly. You would think you would get a lot of <laughs> reference to sacrifice when you're talking about blood and heart. Not so much. Not so much. But in Breath of Snow and Ashes, so Claire is talking to Roger about the Grolic prayers. Yes. And she says, um, I think maybe that it's the killing without ceremony that seems like murder, Roger says. And he says, if you have a ceremony, as we talked about ritual a minute ago, right. that if you have ceremony, that some sort of ritual that acknowledges that necessity, then that necessity also becomes sacrifice. And Jamie, Jamie says that. And so then Claire says, well, you know, will you teach to Jamie? She says, will you teach Roger the Grolic prayers in order to just, you know, give the death a sense of ritual yeah. but then it doesn't feel like murder if it if it has ritual to it and so the prayer he reads or he tells in english is oh lord bless the blood and the flesh of this creature that you gave me he's making sausage <laughs> so as he's telling Please this bless the sausage. Uh, sausage teaching is this the best prayer thing basically ever. yeah and he says and so jamie scoops up a pinch of the herbs and rubs his hands thumb and forefinger in the rain of the fragrant dust and he prays created by your hand as you created man life given for life that me and mine may eat with thanks for the gift that me and mine may give thanks for your own sacrifice of blood and flesh life given for life and he puts more on and the ritual of the sausage was complete says but acknowledging the sacrifice of the animal in order to preserve and maintain life right which is a great Mm. place to end this that's Mm. a that's a lovely benediction to this actually yeah i think so too yeah so yeah so for the next episode we will be talking about sacrament um and so part of sacrament sacrifices it's from the same latin root sacra (laughs) holy make holy um and so to make holy yeah so we'll talk about sacrament and sacramental theology in outlander in the next episode all right we will see you all then i hope you have a safe and healthy whatever week this is yes (laughs) we'll see you next time bye-bye that's it for this episode of Outlander Soul. Thanks for listening. If you love what we do, a review, especially on iTunes, but wherever you get your podcasts would be really appreciated because it helps people to find us. If you listen and like what you hear, please consider supporting us financially. Just click the support us button at our website on outlandersoul.com. There's lots of ways to donate either via Patreon or PayPal and every little bit helps. Also, we love hearing your comments, questions, and ideas for the show. So we'd like for you to join in the conversation. So you can reach us through our website, through email, voice memos, or social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr. You can also contact us straight by email, outlandersoulpodcast at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word. Or you can visit our website at outlandersoul.com and fill in the contact form. Thanks again, everyone. Bye.